Good morning, friends. My name is George Hinman. It's so good to be together in worship. It's church in your PJs or your workout clothes, wherever, whenever you are. It's uh, just good to be together. Thank you for joining us today. Have you ever not filled a doctor's prescription? I know I have. It's a little slip of paper then sits on my bureau just collecting dust for days and weeks and months until I finally throw it away. Why? Why do I do that? Well, it's a question of faith. I might tell myself, oh, I don't know if I have time or I don't know if I can afford it. But behind these things, there's, there's a physician and there's the word of a doctor, which is what a prescription is, literally the word of a doctor. And I have to ask myself, do I believe it? Do I believe that I really have a problem that I can't fix? Do I believe that she has correctly diagnosed that problem? Do I believe that she's offering a prescription that would fix what she has diagnosed? Do I believe it's worth the effort uh, to go through with it and to undergo the side effects? Do I believe? Do I believe? These faith, faith. These are all questions of faith. Now, in the text that Sarah just read with us, Jesus says, your faith has made you well. And this is what he means. This is what he's talking about. Now, he's talking to a man who has had leprosy. And I, I, we could imagine that man kind of protesting when Jesus says that to him. He could say, you know what? I, my faith has done nothing. I've had faith for years and still leprosy. I've even kind of ginned up my faith. I believe, I believe, I believe. And nothing, still leprosy. My faith has not made me well. It's not done anything at all for me until I met you. You, Jesus, made me well. And he'd be right in, in some sense. I mean, Jesus is really the one that healed him, not his faith as though it could by itself. Jesus healed him. But I think what Jesus is saying is, yeah, but I needed you to participate in this healing. I want you to participate in this healing. I, I, I need you to believe that I have correctly diagnosed your problem. I need you to believe that my prescription for the core issue would actually heal. I need you to take action on that prescription and, and to be willing to believe that the uh, healing is worth more than the inconvenience and the side effects. I need your faith, Jesus is saying. Well, today is a healing service. This is, we've been longing and looking forward to this day because it's such a moment of sickness. Uh, it's right on the surface in our lives, and that's a hard thing. And so we come before our Savior who refers to himself as a physician in Luke chapter 4, and then history, the great physician, and we need healing for so many things, whether that's um, COVID-19, whether it's the grief of, by now we all know people that have died of COVID-19. Um, maybe it's just the isolation, the depression that we feel. It's kind of low grade. Uh, anxiety that's very real right now in, in our lives. Uh, there's domestic violence that's happening in our homes. Uh, we're struggling with pornography and other substance abuses, drugs, and alcohol. And then there's just kind of the general trauma of the collective issues that we're sharing and have over the last year. We need a physician. And so this healing service is really important to us, and we've been praying for it. And I want to encourage you to engage. Right now, there are prayer stations that are open. We've already had a number of people who've come in and who've been receiving healing prayer, and we want you to join um, anytime during the service, you can come to upc.org slash prayer, click the, uh, spirit, the healing prayer button, and Pastor Tim 
will welcome you there and invite you in and introduce you to one of our prayer partners there, a warm, confidential individual who will put you in a private breakout room on Zoom where you can share your prayer concern and they will pray with you and for you. And it's a very important thing that we're doing right now. And if you're not coming into those rooms, while you're not, please do pray for those who do because we've seen God heal uh, one, one another through these prayer uh, healing services. Your faith has made you well, the words of our Savior. Now, I, I want to reflect on those words with you a little bit today and ask you to think about what can we learn from what Jesus says to that man. Let me suggest three characteristics of faith that brings healing. Three characteristics. And the first one is this. The faith that makes us well is an act, a grateful faith, is a grateful faith. Now, you wouldn't feel, fill a prescription if you didn't believe that behind that were a physician who cares for you, who has your best interests in heart. Now, the difference between the one man who comes back and the other nine who don't come back is gratitude. The man who returns to Jesus has a grateful faith. Uh, the other nine who are healed but keep walking on their way, they have what we might call a transactional faith. A, a transactional faith is a faith that focuses on the gifts. A grateful faith is a faith that focuses on the giver of the gifts. You know you have a transactional faith uh, when you only think about God when you need something. God, help me with this. Our prayer lives, if we have transactional faith, are more like our shopping list. Do this, do that, get this, get that, and do it as quick as possible, right? The problem, though, with a transactional faith is it will never lead us to Jesus, like these nine men. It won't lead us to Jesus because if we get what we want, we really were focused on that thing, and we get the thing, and then we keep walking, leave Jesus behind. On the other hand, if we don't get what we want, we then think this whole faith thing doesn't really work and we get discouraged and we gradually stop even asking for things. We walk away from Jesus. You know you have a grateful faith, on the other hand, when you just thank God, even when you don't get what you're praying for. You thank God even when times are tough and you feel deeply discouraged. There's still gratitude, not for what God gives, but for who God is, the giver of the gifts. As Pastor Aaron says, not so much focusing on the resource, but focusing on the source, on Jesus himself. Now, I, I love this little element in this text where they cry out for mercy and they're calling out loudly, and then when they're healed, the one man comes back and he, he th thanks and praises God with a loud voice. And there's an aspect of where the volume of these words are important to Luke. Let me suggest that you know you have a grateful faith when your praise is louder than your prayer. When whether you get it or not, your praise, oh God, thank you for who you are, is louder than your prayer. I thank you for your healing and I thank you in, your, in my pain. I thank you when things are going great. I thank you when I'm struggling. I thank you in my abundance. I thank you in my want. I thank you because of who you are and that you have promised to always be by my side. Come what may, I thank you. That's a grateful faith. 
And I want you to see how much more the man with grateful faith walks away with than the other nine. Because here's what happens, you know, in every healing, in their case and in ours, it's always temporal. It's always temporary. And this man, he walks away with not only a healing for now, but he walks away with a healing for eternity because he walks away with Jesus. And he walks away not only with a physical uh, healing, but also a spiritual healing because he walks away with Jesus. This reminds me of one of our UPC members. You may know him, Steve Tusink. And just a, exactly a month ago tomorrow, he, he passed away, which is very sad. But Tim, St Steve Tusink, whose brother is Tim Tusink, Steve had a grateful faith. You know, he never got what he prayed for. He had cerebral palsy um, from six months old. And you can be sure that he prayed to run. He wanted to run. And many of us prayed for Steve that he would be healed. And it never happened. Lived his life in a wheelchair, 65 years of life. And yet there was such a joy in Steve Tusink. Why? Because he had grateful faith. Because he knew the great physician. He had a relationship. He didn't just have the things that Jesus does for him, but he had Jesus himself. And I got this message when he died shortly after, and, and someone said, you know what? Steve, is, his prayer's been answered. He's now with Jesus, and he's running in heaven. That image of after 65 years in a wheelchair of Steve Tusink running in heaven is such a great image. That's what we get when we have a grateful faith. The Apostle Paul says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. A grateful faith. Your faith has made you well. Well, secondly, the faith that makes us well is an active faith. Active faith. When you fill a prescription, you take action, don't you? You do something with that word of the physician. And notice, similarly, Luke pays attention to that. In, in chapter uh, Luke 17, verse 14b, the text that Sarah just read for us, we read, as they went, they were made well. Not before they went, as they went. When they put the word of Jesus, who said, go see the priest, who was sort of functioning in that day as the health inspector, go see the priest. They turned around as lepers. They put that action into action, that, that word into action as lepers. But as they took action, they were made well. Isn't that interesting? Now, there are two mistakes we can make about this. One is overaction and the other is underaction. Notice as a whole, the Bible tells us at times to be still. Don't take action. Be still. There are other times where the Bible says, rise up and walk, take, you know, go for it. So these represent appropriate responses to the word of the Lord at some circumstances, but also overreactions in other circumstances. Let me explain what, I, what I'm saying here. Overaction would look like this. If one of the lepers who had been healed by Jesus went back to the leper colony and just started hugging and kissing all his leprous friends, What's going to happen? He's going to get leprosy again. Uh, he's been healed, but he hasn't been given immunity. And you might say, well, what if he has lots of faith? Well, you know, lots of faith doesn't protect you from adversity. It doesn't. Um, 
We talk about faith healing sometimes, which I think be very careful with that term because sometimes that term faith healing implies that the healing is in our faith as though there's a one-to-one or formulaic relationship between how much I believe and how much God does for me. Be careful about this. This could be just another way of blaming the victim. Oh yeah, now you're sick and also you don't have enough faith because otherwise you would have healed yourself. No, that's not, that's not what the Bible teaches us. In fact, Jesus in Nazareth, in this text we've been reflecting on, Luke 4 in the synagogue, he says, not all the lepers were healed in that time. And that's true in our day as well. See, there are two sides of faith. There's faith with great miracles, and there's faith with great problems. And I, I would say we all have both. For example, in Hebrews 11, you get a picture of the, the duality, these two sides. Hebrews 11 is the great hall of faith hall of fame in the Bible. And in there, towards the end of the chapter, this interesting paragraph where we read, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. And you go, oh my gosh, I love what faith can do for a person's life. I'll triumph. I'll be victorious. Lion's mouths. And, and that's good. Miracles like that happen when we put our faith into action. But the writer continues. He says, others, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented. And I love this line, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. So you see, we don't want to um, overact on our faith and, and assume that, that God will do something for us he hasn't promised always to do. That's presumption, not faith. And it can lead to discouragement, overreaction. On the other hand, uh, underaction. You could imagine this. If one of these lepers had just sort of sat down when Jesus gave his word, and this had stayed in that place that lepers were in outside the city gate, um, and he might say to himself, oh, yeah, you know, I've had faith and never been healed before. And if this man who passes by now wanted to heal me, he would just heal me and he could do it. And I'm just let him do whatever he chooses to do. That's an underaction. That's not responding faithfully to the command that the physician gives at that point. This is where I live more often in, in underaction. I find that I've come to habituate myself to unbelief, my own unbelief, the unbelief of the culture around me. I just become used to it. I, I think I think of it as realism. I'm a hard-nosed realist, you know, but some other people might call it practical atheism. Sure, I have faith, but I don't have, ever put it into action. I don't ever step out on it. I don't ever lean into it. Practical atheism. I, I, it's not that I don't believe that Jesus does miracles. It's just that over time, I, if I'm not thinking about it, I just gradually begin to not expect him to do miracles. Jürgen Moltmann talks about the unexpected in miracles. He's a German theologian. He writes, Jesus' healings are not supernatural miracles. 
in a natural world, we shouldn't think of them as supernatural in a natural world, he says, they're the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, demonized, and wounded. Don't acclimate yourself to a world, world that's unnatural, demonized, and wounded, this world that we're in. And when you see a miracle, don't think, oh, that's just an aberration, that's abnormal or supernatural. It's actually the natural, God's natural intent for creation breaking in. Uh, the creator healing that which he made and redeeming it. That's what a miracle is. So we, we should expect it. God's saying, I want you to read my word. I want you to know what story you're in. See the promises that are there. Then lean into them. Take action. Pray and act on the basis of my promises. This is an active faith. Now, Jesus, when he came to Nazareth, he, he couldn't do many miracles, uh, Mark tells us in his gospel, because he didn't find much faith. And Jesus is continually asking for faith. Uh, Your faith has saved you is a phrase that he uses four times in the gospel of Luke. Action. Now, Ethiopians who believe take action when they want healing. Uh, they go to holy water sites in their country, ancient sites. And I had the privilege of seeing some of these holy water sites when I visited our scope ministry in Ethiopia. Actually, Scope is one of the ministries that Doug and Lynn Lee uh, help lead and support. When we were at one of these Ethiopian water sites, we could see physicians were giving AIDS medicine and people were taking the medicine and they were also going into these enclosures, the very sacred places where the priests would put water on you and, and bring healing. And we were kind of all, my, I was with my family, and my family's there, and we're looking at each other going, what do we make of this? And I think our guide could see that. His name is Adno, and Adno is a brilliant scientist and physician here at University of Washington right now, actually, doing further graduate work. But Adno is a physician, and he looked at us, my kids, and he said, you know, um, not long ago I had a rash on my arm, right up the side of my arm, and I tried to treat it with medicine, and it, it persisted. So I came to one of these holy water sites, and the priest put the water on it, and I went home, and the next day, it was gone. And my kids' eyes were like saucers, and we're like, wow, here's a guy who believes in modern science, who's a doctor, who also believes in miracles. The guy can heal both through medicine and also through miracles. Faith, without faith, the Bible tells us, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Trust me, he says. Take action. This is an act of faith. Your faith has made you well. Well, there's a third characteristic of a faith that brings healing into our lives. It's this. The faith that makes us well is a representative faith. You know, stick with me here because this is the one that's most important. A representative faith. Think about this. A prescription represents a doctor. And it represents actually her intervention. Remember what the word intervention means from the Latin. To intervene, to come between. A prescription is the intervention. It's the representation of someone's intervention. And Jesus does the same thing. He comes between two parties as well. He's a representative. I think a lot of people don't understand this about Jesus, but you see it foreshadowed or kind of glimpses of it in this one leper who returns. The text is interesting. He lies before Jesus, it says, and he praises God. He lies before Jesus 
and he praises God. I thought, why didn't he lie before Jesus and praise Jesus? Well, because he knows Jesus is a representative of God. He is the representative of God. He doesn't lie before God and um, praise Jesus. He doesn't praise Jesus. Well, he comes and praises God, but lies before Jesus. He's a representative. Now, this is the heart of Christian faith. This is the heart of the gospel. Jesus is our representative. We are not to go directly to God. We can't go directly to God. He's holy and we're not. But Jesus comes from God for us and he comes from us for God as well. Jesus represents God to us and he represents humanity to God. He's the perfect mediator between God and humanity. And that's, that's how he uniquely brings reconciliation between us and God and between us and one another as a representative. We have a representative faith. This is the heart of the series, this Great Physician series. This is the last message, and I, I hope you'll take away this, that we need to stop trying and start trusting. Stop trying to heal ourselves, as that tired old proverb says that we looked at in the first week, and start trusting the Great Physician to heal us in ways that we could never heal ourselves, both individually and corporately in our world. This is not about what we do. The gospel is never about what we do. This is about what he has done, what God's representative has done, what our representative has done, what Jesus has done. Now, let me suggest to you that a representative faith changes the way we pray. And since we're praying right now in, in a healing service, and I hope you're continuing to come into our prayer room, if you think about your prayer life as, as life with a representative, it starts to change. Let me give you an example of that. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I love that verse. It's a great promise. There's one word in it that bothers me, and it's the word righteous. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And immediately I go, must not be about me. This verse must be for somebody else because I know I'm not a righteous person, and I'm not. But it is about, it is for me because I have a righteous representative. And if you have said yes to Jesus, you have a rep righteous representative as well. And when you pray, your representative play, prays for you, intercedes for you in, on your behalf before the Father. And this is this is what makes our prayer lives powerful and effective, as James chapter 5 promises. It's the prayer life of Jesus, our great high priest. That's why when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, pray in my name, not in your name, in my name. What he's, he's saying is, take me on as your representative in prayer. Pray in my name, not yours. Pray in my name. Because what the Bible also teaches is that Jesus prays in our name. He intercedes for us as a representative. Like the great high priest in ancient times who would come into the holy places of the temple of Israel with the names of Israel on his breastplate, the 12 tribes of Israel on his breastplate. Because as they pray, he prays on their behalf, in their name, before God in this holy place. The heavens are a holy place now, and Jesus, the great high priest, has entered into that place. And when you pray in the name of Jesus, he prays in your name at the right hand of the Father, and he's a righteous man. And so his prayers are powerful and effective. We had a healing service several years ago in one of our elder meetings, just 
began the meeting with a healing service. And the elders gathered around a man named Rich Verver, who was actually a patient of Dr. Doug Lee. And Doug Lee was there. And we anointed Rich with oil because Rich had very serious cancer, leukemia, and he wasn't going to live more than months uh, or, or a year or so at the most. We asked for healing. Now, there's not much to our prayers. We're just regular people. But here's what happened. If you kind of look behind the scenes, when we prayed our feeble, weak, ordinary words, the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, takes those groanings and, and translates them into the prayer of heaven, the language of heaven, and folds those prayers into the prayer life of Jesus, who's at the right hand of Father. And so somehow as Jesus is interceding for the whole world, there is a moment where he says, and Father, I lay before you a man in Seattle named Rich Verver who has leukemia. Father, I pray for healing. I pray in the name of elders in Seattle who pray in my name, and I ask that you give his body and soul life. Uh, Jesus answered that prayer. The next Sunday, um, I'm getting ready for worship, and I'm in the prayer room, choir room, and Rich was in the choir, and Rich comes up to me with a big smile on his face. I said, so how do you feel? And he goes, well, I can feel something's different. I go, really? He goes, yeah, the place where you put the oil, there's a huge painful pimple on my forehead right now. <laughs> That's not, what gets, not really what we were looking for, Rich. But you know what? Rich lived. He lived for a better part of another decade. I believe he experienced miraculous life because of the prayers of many people on his behalf. And you know what? It wasn't just Rich who had life. It was a woman who lived in Kentucky, a woman by the name of Monica, and they'd never met. But Monica had donated bo her bone marrow for Rich um, a couple years earlier. And uh, just sacrificial person, she, she did this out of the kindness of her heart. And so Rich, well, he loved her, uh, and he sent her a bouquet of flowers on the anniversary of that procedure every year with a little note saying thank you for life and they built a, re a relationship well he, several years later not long a few years after that healing service that we did for rich he gets this note from monica and uh so sweet she writes this please know something very positive has come from your suffering it gave me the chance to say yes to jesus and in turn to become and, and in turn your suffering became one of the biggest blessings of my life. Think of that. And it just filled us with joy to know that our prayers had mattered because Jesus is faithful, because we have a great representative. Oh, the Bible tells us there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus. Therefore, the Bible tells us he's able to save completely those who come through him because he always lives to intercede for them a representative faith. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. Jesus calls us to faith today, to a grateful faith, a faith that's grateful no matter what comes, to an active faith, to a faith that expects more than we can ask or imagine, and to a representative faith, a faith that puts its trust not in ourselves, but in our great mediator, Jesus Christ. And you know, at the end of the story, 
When Jesus says that, your faith has made you well, there's a surprise because the last word there um, is actually the great New Testament word for salvation. Your faith has brought you salvation, more than just cleansing from leprosy, but that holistic, transformational salvation that Jesus has come into the world to give to all, particularly for sinners, as he tells us. Jesus is the one who promises someday I will wipe the tear from every eye. Someday, Jesus says, I will bring a, a new heaven and a new earth. Someday, Jesus says, I will make all things new. So sisters, brothers, let's pray today for healing. Let's pray in faith. And I know, Jesus knows that Prayer sometimes seems to go unanswered. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, he prayed with great faith. And what was the answer? It was the cross. But because of that answer, we can rejoice. Because at the end of all of our prayers, the cross is the answer as well. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray now in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in the power of his Holy Spirit, that you will release healing, healing of every kind among us right now. We come to you in, in this strange way through these strange media, but we come to you for healing. We do believe. Help us in our unbelief. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Well, I want to invite you to take a moment to join in a ministry of healing. This is something we do together here. Please come for healing for yourself. We will stay here as long as it takes to give everybody an opportunity to be personally prayed for. And when others are coming into the Zoom call, I would encourage you, please pray. Don't go away right now. Be on your knees. Bow your heart before the Lord. And let's pray for these brothers and sisters who come for healing. We're not afraid to show our need. That's what I love. When we're actually gathered again, we have these healing services. You'll see the power of people queuing up dozens of people, hundreds of people coming for prayer. And it's a great witness to our need. We know we're sinners. We know we're broken. We know we're in pain. But it's also a witness to the power of Jesus. We're not afraid to believe in the power of our Savior, our great physician, to heal. So let's come and line up. We're not going to line up in the aisles. We're going to come to a website. Please take out your phone or however you'd like to do it. Go to upc.org slash Jesus and click the little button there that says Healing Prayer. Pastor Tim will be the first face you see. He'll welcome you and he'll assign you to a prayer partner who will take you into a private breakout room just for a minute or two and, and she'll listen to you or he'll listen to you and, and then pray for you. And Jesus will be there bringing healing. If you're with somebody else right now and they come into the prayer room, you might just lay your hands on them as a sign that you're present to them and praying with them. Remember the promise that Jesus gives us through his brother, James. In James chapter 5, verse 14, we read, Are any among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. There's that word. And the Lord will raise them up and anyone who's committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And he goes on to say, for the prayer of a righteous person 
is effective and powerful. Brothers and sisters, let's come today for healing. I will be coming. I need healing. We all need healing. Physical healing, emotional healing, relational healing, mental healing, uh, financial healing, and most of all, spiritual healing. If you haven't yet said yes to Jesus, to receive his cure for your sin, please do today. You can come to upc.org slash prayer and click healing prayer. Tell your prayer ministry that you'd like to receive eternal life in Jesus Christ and to come to know him personally. And they'll tell you how to do that. You can come today for prayer for yourself or you can come as a proxy for somebody else who maybe wouldn't come right now. Pray for them. Now Zawadi's going to lead us and we're going to sing and we're going to pray. Hang in here and pray with us. It's such a holy moment. You'll notice in the chat that you can press a button for a candle. These are virtual candles. You could light one at home, but each time you come, uh, someone comes for prayer, I'm going to ask you to click that button um, so that we can see that you're in the prayer room now and that we'll pray for you. And we'll let you know how many uh, people, you may be able to see in the chat how many people are starting to show for healing prayer. Finally, you do have to take a step. You do have to take action. Jesus honors not our wishes, but our faith. Matthew 7, 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So let's ask him for healing.